Thank you for joining IAB There. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. Today is October 15th, and I am Rick Berger, the VP of Member Engagement and Development for the IAB. IAB. Our subject today is Innovations in Measurement. Joining me for this discussion is Susan Lowinger, my good friend and currently the Senior Vice President of Global Advertising Solutions at Nielsen. By way of brief background, Susan Lowinger is a 20 plus year media veteran with deep industry experience across the media and CPG industries. She's been at Nielsen for the past 10 years helping clients improve how they plan, activate, and measure their marketing programs. In her previous role at Nielsen, Susan was the head of East Coast Region Commercial Team where she led the client engagement teams for C key consumer packaged goods clients. Prior to joining Nielsen, Susan's career was spent as a brand marketer at companies like Helene Curtis, L'Oreal, American Express, and Estee Lauder. We'll talk all about that in a little bit. Susan is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and has an MBA from the Kellogg School. She's the real deal, folks. I'd like to welcome Susan onto our show. Susan, how are you? Great, Rick. Thanks so much. Wow, that was some intro. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to live up to that, but I will certainly give it a try. All right. Well, we could just leave it there. Do like a Seinfeld thing. You've been a great audience. Good night. Um, we, we, we should try it, but maybe not today. All right. Let's talk about the Nielsen's, Nielsen business. There's lots of different parts of the Nielsen business, as we all know. Judging by your title, I'll assume you're not responsible for counting the diaries. Is that right? That would be correct. Nicely done. Gotcha. Okay, you're part of the Advertiser Solutions Group. Can you talk about that group a little bit, what you're responsible for, and what is your role? In sure. Um, just to put it into context for a minute, obviously I'm part of the broader Nielsen Global Media Group, right? And our overarching focus is on audiences. Um, broadly, we provide the objective and reliable metrics that help the marketplace reach and connect with audiences. Then within the Ad Solutions team, what we do specifically is we help our advertiser clients make better decisions across the marketing ecosystem. Um, we help advertisers do things like build media plans. We help measure their campaign activations, and then we identify ways to help them optimize their marketing strategies to um, drive efficiency and eliminate waste. And we do this generally by ensuring that they're delivering the right message to the right consumer at the right time. Um, in the broadest sense, we're helping clients make sense of and simplify a complicated and rapidly changing landscape, right? The media world is exploding, consumer choices, behaviors and preferences are changing. So helping people navigate that landscape. Um, as an example, right now, we're getting a lot of questions, obviously, about what the impact COVID is having. Um, one of the things we're seeing right now is that 65% of shoppers are purchasing brands that have not traditionally been in their consideration set. So we're working with brands to help them understand how to turn that to their advantage. Right. There's a lot there. I think we're going to double back on a few things, but there's one thing I want to get at, and I've heard you talk about this in the past. The key is not measuring what happened but it's more what is happening now as kind of a descriptor of your, of your group. So to me, that gets to this idea of granularity. So granularity of measurement and being able to react to that and you know, uh, 
figure out what you want to do next really quickly. So how granular is granular in your world? Um, I'd say pretty granular. <laughs> I know that's probably not a good answer. Um, you know, obviously from my point of view and our point of view, granularity is what allows you to drive precision and actionability. Um, so clearly we're working to help people evaluate strategies and then also drill down to look at performance, whether it's by media type, by campaign, by creative or placement, whatever the particular business question is that we're trying to help answer, we're going to try and get down to that level. Um, for example, we worked with a major health and beauty brand to look at one of their campaigns and we started out trying to understand how they were doing against their key KPIs of driving ROI and increasing household penetration. Then we went down the next layer and showed them how to optimize um, their cross-channel reach and frequency by eliminating waste with frequency capping. And then from there, we drilled down even further to look at their digital strategy and show them how they could reallocate budgets by um, optimizing at their best performing targeting tactics. Um, we also did look at creative and publisher and placement levels. And again, you know, driving efficiency along the way. Um, typically when we work with uh, a client, we find that we're able to help them identify between 15 and 20% more value from their marketing budgets by, you know, looking at both the strategic and the granular insights. Got it. So data, I assume, is a huge part of the discussion, both first-party data, the data that um, Nielsen's able to add on. So there's so much data now, and we're going to talk a little bit about COVID in a second, but given the availability of so, the availability of so much more first-party data now, I think that's what we're seeing. Is that availability of such granular data taxing to an organization, would you say? Is, is there an added stress? that goes with all this availability of information? That, that's a great question. And, and the answer is, well, it definitely can be, right? I mean, I think advertisers are still learning how to make sense of the data, how to connect the dots um, and essentially action against the insights, right? It's no good unless you can do something with it. Right. So I think finding the right data management partner with the right technology is key here. Yeah, it's all about building the tech stack. So, it's interesting. Nielsen, your group sits at kind of the center of it all. You're working with agencies and publishers and brands, much like the IEB. In that sense, we have a, we have a lot in common. There's a lot of constituents. This show has an appeal and draws viewership from all of those constituents. So can you talk for a minute or two about how you engage with each? I mean, I think I understand the brand relationship, but can you talk about the agency relationship maybe a little bit and I know the publisher piece isn't within your uh, your wheelhouse, but um, can you get to that a little bit as well? Sure. I mean, you said it, right? Like you, we, we as Nielsen sit at the center of that relationship between agencies, advertisers, and publishers because we're the objective third party. Um, so, you know, we help kind of make everything seamless across the ecosystem. Um, you know, from a more tactical perspective, right, my team works on client engagements and we're, you know, routinely partnering with client agencies, right? They're instrumental in helping us provide additional context to um, validate and also implement the insights that we bring to the table, right? They're important partners and, and we're all working on behalf of our advertiser clients. So it's, it's really, um, you know, important that we're all working and aligned on the direction we're going. Got it. Um, I want to talk about CPG for a minute. It's near and dear to your heart and mine as well. You've worked just in your time at Nielsen, you've worked on 
tell me if I have this right, L'Oreal, Unilever, Mars, right? So three relatively well-known brands. And you worked on those brands for a fair amount of years, the last 10 years or so. So from your perspective, let's call that the measurement perspective. There's been a lot of seismic changes that we've seen overall, but from the measurement perspective, what have you seen that just blows your mind in the last couple of years? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, you, you know, you asked me earlier about data and analytics, and I think that's a, a huge piece of it, right? Companies are getting smarter about how to leverage. Um, and, you know, internally then there's also, I think, massive organizational change taking place that kind of allows them to adapt um, and operationalize these new systems and analytics. Um, you know, and, and some are much farther along than others. So it, that's been an interesting um, experience for me to kind of get a, get a peek inside lots of different companies and see, you know, the different approaches people are taking. Um, in addition, you know, I think there's been a shift from, you know, the focus really on an annual measurement cadence to something that's more frequent um, and even all the way to always on, right? Uh, you mentioned earlier about, you know, understanding what has happened, that historical view, and, and that's super important, obviously, but we really need to start understanding in the real-time view about what's happening now and then also being able to, you know, help predict the future. Um, which if we could do today would be lovely. There are lots of things I'd like to predict about what next year will be like. Um, yeah. But I know we're just talking about measurement right now. Um, lastly, I think, you know, these companies have always been super consumer centric, but, you know, an even bigger push to know your audience, know their habits, uh, their media consumption, um, their brand affinities. Uh, it just, it, it has become even more important as we go along to, you know, drill down to the individual level. Right, so there's a, there's a hint there then of per, the ability to um, personalize advertising, right? I mean, that, that's, that's a key. So let's talk about that from the perspective of DTC brands, because that's a huge, um, it, there, it's a huge, um, point of interest for the entire marketing ecosystem, I think. So tell me if you agree with this, but speaking for CPG companies in relation to the DTCs, I think, or I've read, they fear them, they study them, they even buy them, right? So there, it, it's really kind of an interesting thing going on. How much focus do you think that traditional CPGs, because you've worked with all traditional CPG brands, how much focus are they placing on that emerging direct-to-consumer market? Well, I, I think as you mentioned, you know, they're studying them and they're buying them, which tells you that they are placing a lot of focus on them, right? Um, it gives them a way to be closer to the consumer. Um, not only are CPG companies buying um, DTC brands, but they're also creating them on their own now. Um, it gives them the opportunity to personalize the experience it drives engagement, it builds loyalty, and as you mentioned, I think that it uh, gives them access to all that first-party data. So it really is something that they are, you know, laser-focused on, and it's a direction that they want to move in. Right. Um, okay, so you have a new job at Nielsen. I do. You do. You're running the retail and restaurant practice, which is interesting. Those are the two most prominent things on my credit card every month, so maybe I you can- me both. Um, yeah, you could help me with that line of measurement, maybe uh, in a follow-up call. Um, I know this is new for you, so you're, you're really just digging your heels in, but from your first, you know, week or so or month on the job, 
what are the key things you're focusing on in retail and, and, and restaurants? Sort of broad strokes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm working with an amazing team who has deep experience in these verticals, um, but we, we do have a couple of area of focus right now. Um, you know, our immediate need is to help retailers win at holiday, right? Which, as we've seen, has already started. Um, and obviously, we want to help them expand and think about how they can leverage their own data to become publishers. Yeah, what does that look like? So we've, we've heard, we've talked about this, and I know some of the players, but this notion of retailers as publishers, there's the Walmart Media Group, it's Roundell from Target, et cetera, they're probably missing one. So I apologize to who I'm missing. Um, what does that look like? And is it, are all the retailers going to be leaning in on this? It seems such a natural with all that data that they're sitting it, it, it definitely is. And obviously, you've mentioned people who, are, who have, uh, you know, been super successful at it. And I think, you know, one of the things we're working with retailer partners to do is to figure out where they are in that journey and help them um, fast forward to get where they're going. Um, you know, it allows them to create new revenue streams by acting as publishers. They've got uh, this massive amount of first party data. They can leverage that. They can enrich it and help them offer advertisers a more targeted way to reach the intended audiences, right? I mean, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Um, everybody wants to get closer to the consumer. Um, and then we can also help retailers as they consider um, how to measure the impact of that advertising, right? And prove their value to the advertisers so we can show them, you know, hey, I did this and the, the impact was that. Now you're taking it right down to the store level. So that's awesome. Um, it's holiday time. You mentioned this a second ago. It's amazing. It's October, what did we say, 15th? And the stores are, I was at Costco the other day. It's just Christmas everywhere you go. Wait, so, you were in a store? Yeah, I went to Costco for yeah. the first time since February. It looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. um, amazing. So what's holiday time? What's, what's your focus, holiday? And I think probably e-com is right in that conversation, obviously. What are you saying? What are you hearing? What are you thinking about? What are you advising people to think about? Wow, those are a lot of questions. Yeah, that's five questions and we have all the time in the world. So the canvas is yours. Awesome, okay. Uh, well, what do I know? Holiday is always obviously a critical selling period for retailers. Um, and for all of the reasons, right? This year's planning and activation is gonna be more complicated than ever. Um, consumer behaviors have evolved and are changing kind of on the daily. Um, at the forefront is this heightened need for safety and convenience, right? So there'll be fewer people in stores. Um, we know more people than ever are going to be buying online this year. Um, so again, it's about understanding what's going on in the world so that you can plan around it, um, understanding shifts in shopping preferences, um, and understanding how to deliver messages that resonate with consumers kind of where and when they're shopping in order to drive sales. So kind of one of the biggest things we're thinking about right now is, um, you know, holiday audience segments. Um, you know, we know that looking at past purchase is a, is a great indicator of future purchase. So helping to target shoppers based on what they bought last year during the holiday season, uh, helping identify who those loyal buyers are so that you can serve up deals and rewards and special holiday offers, and then uh, engaging lapsed buyers. Um, all the ways you can think about, again, trying to find the right people, talk to them at the right time, and get them 
to buy something, even though it's, it's going to look a lot different this year than it has any other year for sure. Right. So that, so just what you were talking about, past purchase is indicative of future purchase, but that path to purchase is so entirely different. I mean, it's still ultimately after all these years and all this technology, it's really still what we were all taught, just the right message to the right person at the right time. It just looks entirely different now, right? And social plays, you know, the a major factor in that. That's right. That's right. So the fundamentals are the same. Uh, the 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 noise in the system and and the information that you need to navigate in order to get your plan in place, you know, obviously has gotten much more complicated. Yeah, I mean, I remember our market research at L'Oreal when we worked together was putting a questionnaire in a hair color box and waiting for it to get mailed back, and then. That was indicative of future purchase. So I guess we've come a long way. So everything we just talked about is sort of a nod to what's going on in the world with the COVID crisis. Um, I, I'm not going to take credit for this question. I'm stealing it from someone else. I heard it in an interview a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's, it's, it's stated really well and, and it could allow you to be really insightful. So simple enough, if you could go back eight months, what would you warn your team they should be planning for? Ooh. Okay, so my first answer to that, and I have two, my first answer is that I would warn everybody to be planning for the zombie apocalypse, because clearly that is where we are. And you know I'm a big fan of end of world zombie apocalypse um, scenarios. So um, if there is one, I am ready for it. Uh, but what I really would think uh, I would talk to my team about would be to get ready to be, com to be comfortable with uncertainty. Um, you know, that's where we are, right? And in times of uncertainty, you kind of have to go back to what you know. So, um, you know, that has to translate to how we're helping our advertiser partners refocus on what we're learning about the changes in consumer media consumption, the changes in shopping behavior, how working from home means that people are um, getting up later, staying up later, uh, consuming a lot more content and, and doing lots of things that they weren't doing a year ago. Um, so by, by measuring what's going on in the world right now, we can help understand what's happening and plan for the future. Um, and I, I think if you kind of stay grounded in that, it helps to kind of quell that sense of uncertainty that I know we're all feeling. Right. So that, right. That's a personal thing. And on the, on the business front, I imagine it's it's an even bigger focus on what is happening now. And you could provide to your clients a sense of what is happening now. Like literally today is different than yesterday. And the ability for a marketer to take the data, make a decision, and then you could measure it and give feedback. There's that. I think there, there's also an element of we're on Zoom. I mean, everyone talks about this, but everything's Zoom, 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 Zoom. And we all have to, like, I talk to my group often about this in one form or another. We're all humans too at the end of the Zoom. So you got to take that into account when we're just, you know, when you're working with clients or when you're working internally. So there's, um, there's a strategy out of the marketplace. It's been talked about for a while, but the recovery, if there is a recovery in, in earnest right now, it's a rolling national recovery. And I mean, we're seeing, I think the number I saw today, 29 states are seeing an uptick in outbreaks. So there's going to be more shutdowns, more reopenings, depend who you, depends who you listen to, what that looks like, governors, et cetera. But 
brands have to make those decisions. They're going to use some of your counsel, I suppose, as they think about tactics they can use, but ultimately it's a rolling national recovery. It's, it's very spotty. Does that pose particular challenges for a measurement organization or before you answer, or is it all about opportunity? Because the more that has to be done, the more someone like yourself is needed in the funnel. Yeah, well, I think, I, I, I think all of the above, right? Um, you know, planning in this current world and knowing that the recovery is going to um, not happen the same way across the country means that uh, marketers need a recovery plan that's flexible, right? Um, they're going to have to account for differences across geographies, as you mentioned, right? It's state by state. In some places, it's, it's zip code by zip code. Um, clearly, also, COVID impacts are being felt completely differently across industries and categories. It's totally different if you're um, a sit-down restaurant versus if you're uh, a brand that currently has a million out of stocks because you're an, an essential good, right? Um, so that's something to consider too. And then obviously there, there's the, the consumer piece of it, you know, consumer habits and mindsets are changing um, and there's just a, a huge array of attitudes and, and uh, a variety across the spectrum as far as how people are thinking about their health and safety concerns. So needing to address that and understanding that, you know, what, one group of consumers is feeling or thinking about what they're going to do next from purchase a purchase behavior standpoint is very different than what another group will do. Right. So, um, you know, uh, marketing's never been a one size fits all, right? We keep talking about wanting to personalize and drill down to the consumer level, but this level of fragmentation, I think, is uh, obviously something that we really haven't seen before. Um, and, and the fragmented nature of this kind of recovery period just reinforces the need to, you know, continue to look at trends, continue to measure what's working, and to focus on data-driven decision-making because, you know, things are changing day-to-day, week-to-week. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really super challenging. I mean, yeah, it's, we always said, if you can't measure it, it didn't happen. So, um, all right. So one of the things I think people really like about this show is as we interview people, we, we get to give a sense of how they got where they are. So we have super successful people in great roles, and there's a path that I think everyone's interested in. So you've had a really cool career path. Helene Curtis, L'Oreal, I'm trying to even do this in order, um, Estee Lauder, American Express, Nielsen. So it's an impressive list of companies, but it also it's lots of different types of experience. And ultimately, I think the point is you've managed your career really well, and I've seen a lot of it, and you have. Um, to that point, not so much about the journey, but what's the best advice you got along the way? It could have been year one, it could have been year 19. Does one thing stand out in your mind? Um, hmm, that's a good one. I, I guess I'd say maybe two things. Um, Number one is to ask questions. Um, I think, you know, when you're first starting out in your career, and I certainly see this with some of the junior people that I work with, people are afraid to ask questions because they think that reveals that they don't know something and that they um, aren't in a place where they should be. And I think um, 
you know, the advice I've gotten and what I've seen over time is that it's kind of the opposite. Like you ask questions to continue to probe. You ask questions to get clarity. You ask questions to, um, you know, reinforce what you're hearing and make sure that you have uncovered the right problem or that you've agreed to the right direction. And I, and I think that's really important. Um, and I think, I think some people are just, you know, they, they feel like it, it shows a weakness, but I, I think it, it helps you be a better, a better listener, um, a better planner and a better leader to ask questions. Yeah, that's a good answer. I've always, um, I, I, I was told early on and, you know, the better people I've worked for over the years sort of re reinforces, it's better to be the last to speak than the first to speak. So that's a nod to listening, but also having, hearing the questions answered. Uh, you just have a more formulated opinion if you have several opinions. Yeah. Um, so from your brand role, I'm going to ask you to be a little reflective here. What, what are the best things or what's the best thing you picked up from your brand days that you've been able to apply in earnest in your roles at Nielsen? Um, oh, I've got a, definitely a couple of things on those lines. I mean, I, I personally feel like brand management experience is just, you know, the way to go. Like, I, I just love that experience and I feel like it just prepares you for so much. Um, so there are so many things I think I've taken away from that. Um, you know, certainly you learn the importance of being flexible and you learn about how to manage a project because that is that is your job and you know you and i both know that you're planning for some launch that's happening two years from now and where it starts and where it actually ends up are two vastly different things mm -hmm. um so you can't really like get wedded to anything at the beginning you have to you know adjust as you go um and i think you know in my role right now the thing that was really great for me about that experience was that I, I got to kind of grow up in that environment and learn and understand the process of, of marketing and brand management. Um, you know, how marketing plans are developed, how new products are launches, um, how you develop creative, right? It helps me put everything that like we're now evaluating and measuring into context, right? I'm, I'm making recommendations to marketers on a regular basis and it helps me to say like, I've been on that side of the desk. I know what you're worried about and I know, you know, how you need to think about this. And so if I were in your shoes, this is how I'd be thinking about it. Right. We always found, and I, you and I have talked about it, but I've talked to lots of people from the brand side. When you, if you spend enough time in brand management, going into the store, like a work project, because you're looking at products and you're seeing packaging and all that sort of stuff. I want to um, I want to do one more thing with you. I like to call this section all about you. Oh, so it's just yeah. like a, a peek inside um, your psyche, so to speak. Just yeah. some fun questions, rapid fire. So okay. we've all been home for seven months. What have you been streaming? Oh, so many things. <laughs> um, so many things. I, I love content. Um, right now we're watching The Boys, which we love. Um, uh, definitely Schitt's Creek, happy that, uh, the final season is finally available on Netflix. Um, loving the Umbrella Academy. That's what I watch with my 16 year old. And then of course, I'm a big fan of, oh gosh, are they classics now? Um, like The Office and Seinfeld. Favorite episode of Seinfeld? Oh, all right. I, I, it's, I, I mean, 
I feel like it's such a standard answer, but I'm going to say the soup Nazi, but not for the reason that you think. Um, obviously, that was a genius episode, but um, also in that episode is where Jerry and his annoying girlfriend uh, are annoyingly calling each other schmoopy through the entire episode. And, um, you know, not, not to give too much away, but that is definitely something that's near and dear to my heart and I know to yours as well, schmoopy. Absolutely. We're going to leave it right there. I have one more for you. Yeah. Um, we call it putting on our soothsayer hat. So 2021. 2021, you can do a one-word answer if you want. 2021 will be the year of... Uh, maybe this is an optimistic view, but I, I hope it's the year of opportunity. I, I, nice. I hope it's the year that, I mean, so much has been shut down, closed off, changed, uh, but I hope that, that we as, uh, as marketers and we as people in general can take next year and find opportunities. Right. I'm going to say normalcy. That's yeah. a, talk about optimistic. That worked too. Um, that was the fastest half hour ever. Thank you so much, Susan Lowinger. You are awesome. I appreciate you being on the show. We'll, I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. On our next IAB there, we are excited to welcome Phil Schrader, the CEO of Gum Gum, where we will love to discuss is contextual, the future of audience targeting in the post-cookie world. IEB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ounce, John Ward, and Carrie Villanueva. I am Rick Berger. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.